Well, my name is Pastor Sharon Hayes. My husband and I, um, pastors of New Freedom Christian Ministry, we pastor together as one, as God have created us as one. And um, I will be teaching this morning about Jesus revealing the true resurrection. And Jesus is so awesome. He was always teaching, always bringing to light the word of God so we would understand what was at our fingertips, what was in our heart, what he had given us. Not only that everlasting life, but the fact that we could live life here on this earth and everything that we had. So this morning we're going to be speaking on the resurrection, our text will be taken from the book of John, the 11th chapter. Now, we won't go over the entire 11th chapter because I know pastor will do that. I just want to speak on the resurrection, the true resurrection, how Jesus revealed himself here and how he brought it to light that he's not talking about just that day when everybody will rise again. But Jesus is the true resurrection each and every day. There's not a day that has gone by that Jesus has not been our resurrection. So if you'll just come go on this little journey with me and we're going to look back at how, you know, when you first began to read the book of John, the 11th chapter, it begins to tell you about the relationship that Jesus had with Brother Lazarus, his sister Martha, and his sister Mary. The Bible tells us how much he loved them, and they loved him. They had a wonderful relationship. So we see in this chapter that relationship is very important. And our relationship with Jesus is important. We've got to build this relationship with him. It's pretty hard when we go weeks or days without thinking of, speaking to, loving on Jesus, and then all of a sudden we want to act like we're, he's just as close to us as our skin is. You know, we have to continuously work on this relationship. Um, any relationship you have, whether it's with family members, it can be with your spouse, your children, co-workers, neighbors, the relationship has to be worked on. And here we see that Jesus and Lazarus, Martha and Mary, as you read throughout the New Testament and the gospel, they worked on their relationship and they loved each other. And Jesus is just showing another side of himself here as a man. And he often referred to himself as the son of man. And he's showing that side of him, that relationship where he loved others. He didn't just feel as though I'm only your savior. I'm your friend. I love you. We have this relationship. And so here we see that he goes on and, and one of the sisters, once Lazarus became sick, one of the sisters sent word unto Jesus that their brother was sick. And remember, 
it was the sister Mary. She was the one who anointed the Lord feet with her hair. And, and she told him, she sent word to Jesus that her brother was sick. And Jesus, and, and it's amazing how she phrased it. She said to him in verse 3, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick, you know. And she knew that Jesus loved them. And so Jesus goes on after he hears that he's sick. Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. That's in the book of John, the 11th chapter, verse number 4. So I'm just telling you a little bit about the beginning of this chapter. We're really going to uh, start reading through the chapter at verse 25, but I just want to bring you up to speed where we are in this chapter. So he goes on, and it reminds us again in verse 5 how Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But even though he hear that Lazarus sick, the Bible tells us in verse 6, but Jesus still abode two days still in the same place where he was. In other words, Jesus didn't throw everything down, lose his mind, start screaming and crying and running. Because remember, he had already said and spoke it in verse 4 that this sickness is not unto death. Now this is something, a nugget we can pick up out of here. Jesus will actually go by what the word says. Sometimes we'll say we go about it. Our words will say that, but our actions can be something totally different. If we don't believe God is healing our body, then let's walk in this healing. Let's not every time we talk to someone, start telling them how sick we are. Let, let's walk in what we say we believe. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He had already spoke that this sickness is not unto death. So let me tell you something. Once Jesus said that, death could not come and take Lazarus. Even though it tried, it could not have Lazarus. So we see he go on here. We look in verse 9 and or verse 7. Jesus says, now... Let us go into Judea again. And, you know, his disciples tried to talk him out of it. They told him how dangerous it was. But Jesus had made up his mind. Verse 11, he announced to them and he tells them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And they weren't understanding what Jesus was saying because one of the disciples replied, said, well, it's good if he's sleeping. He's resting now, and that's going to help him get better. I'm paraphrasing. But Jesus was like, okay, I'm thinking this is how Jesus felt. I told them Lazarus sleeping, but they're not getting it. 
So in verse 14, Jesus said, hey, hey, Lazarus is dead. And he tells him in verse 15, and I am glad for your sake that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Jesus said, I'm glad that this is actually happening because this is an opportunity for you to learn, for you to see when I spoke the word that this sickness is not unto death, but it is to glorify God that the son of God might be glorified thereby. He said, now I have the opportunity to show you this. And so let's move on down to verse 23. Verse 23 starts after Jesus have come into Jerusalem and he met up with Martha. And Mary. First, one sister came out. Martha did. As soon as she heard Jesus was coming, and she went to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. And we're going to start right now reading at verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. When I read that as I was studying, I was like, was she not there when Jesus healed the ruler's daughter? Did she not realize that Jesus didn't have to physically be there? Maybe she wasn't there. Maybe she hadn't heard about that. I thought she had because she was very close to him. But it goes to show you sometimes we can be close to someone and still miss things. So he goes on and he says to her, you know, or she continues to say, but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God will give it thee. And Jesus in verse 23 replies, Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And then Martha says to him in verse 24, Martha says unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now here I want to take a moment to kind of look at some words. This word resurrection, it means a standing up again, to make stand again, raised to life again. So here we see that Mary, she's thinking, I'm sorry, Martha, she's thinking about at the end, in the last day, when everybody is raised again. She said, I know that in the resurrection at the last day, he'll be raised again. But Jesus answers her in verse 25. And listen what he says. He says, without a doubt, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes, believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live 
Glory to God. Jesus brought some good news to this sister. Jesus here is emphatically announcing, letting everybody know, I am the resurrection. I am the one who will stand you up again. I am the one who will raise you to life again. And not only will I raise you, but I'm also the life. I'm going to give you life. You will live and not die. You will declare the works of the Lord. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet, Shall he live? Jesus is already declaring that I'm going to conquer your last enemy, which is death. Death will not defeat you. Death will not rob you of life. I will defeat death. Verse 26, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he asks her a question, believeth thou this? And I'm asking you a question today. And I've asked myself a question today. Do I believe this? Do I believe what Jesus has said? Let me tell you, in the book of Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The word of God in Proverbs tell us that in our tongues, in the death and life lies, God have given us the ability, in other words, to speak it. We have to understand that there are things that need to die in our lives. For instance, lying, stealing, fornication, Adultery, judging others, those things need to die in our lives. They need to die. And we need to allow God to kill those things in our lives. And, and I say God, but he have given us the word to do that. That's why it says in our tongue, it lies in the tongue. But then... We've got to see how David, even when you look in the book of 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter and the 51st verse, David beheaded his giant, and that's what we need to do. We've got to do the same thing. That verse reads, therefore David ran, and I know you all remember the story of David and Goliath, but go back and read it in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. But David faced this giant. And the Bible tells us as when David was a little boy and this giant challenged the armies of God, David picked up five stones. And as David ran, he took his slingshot and he twirled and he threw those stones and he hit the giant in the head. But David didn't leave it at that. See, sometimes when we knock our giant off his feet, we feel like we've done something. But you know what David did? This is what the Bible said he did. Therefore, David ran and stood upon that Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut his head 
therewith, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they flew, fleed. This is why we have to cut off the giant's head because we keep going through life. We knock the problem down. Then we allow it to get up. Then we've got to fight it again. No, no, no. Don't keep fighting the same problem. Cut it off. If you know that you have a problem with adultery, then stay at home with your own spouse. Stop running around, getting out there, seeing what's out there. See, a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure. A lot of times when God have given us the strength to not do these things, we get out there so we can see what's out there. If you know you're an alcoholic, stop going to the bars. Why would you tempt yourself? Cut that giant off at the head. Let's take a look at the fact that life lies within our tongues. You know, if we know that there is life in our tongues, then we need to start speaking life. Speak life to your very own body. You know, in the book of Psalms, Psalms 118 Verse number 17, it says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. We've got to speak the word of life in our very own situation, whether it be with our lives, whether it be with our spouse or children. First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians, the seventh chapter and the 14th verse says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. So instead of telling your spouse how terrible they are, you ought to say to your husband or your wife, you're sanctified. You are cleansed by our relationship with God. The fact that I have a relationship with God is sanctifying my spouse until my spouse began to have that relationship with God himself or herself. You see, we have to resurrect some things with the word we use. We got to dig in the word and see what it is we want from God and stop repeating these problems and everything that go wrong in our life. You know, Pastor Lester and I, all our life, we weren't perfect husbands and wives, and we're still not. We weren't perfect parents. But you know what? When we messed up, when we did wrong, we were big enough and sorry enough to say that, to tell each other, I'm sorry, I did that wrong. We did with our children. We knew there were areas we messed up in. And sometimes we just have to say that we're wrong and ask God to help us be better people in those areas. And so here, also, another uh, example, <coughs> Proverbs 11 and 
two says, Though hands join in hands, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. This word of life for the seed of the righteous need to come out of our mouths. We need to begin to speak life and not concentrate on death in those situations. But as I said before, there are some areas in our lives that we need to let die. We need to uh, allow God to take out of our life. And the only way that's going to happen, we got to speak the word on it. We have to. And not only speak it, but we have to live accordingly. Same way I said, if you're an alcoholic, you don't need to go to the bar. That's walking in the word by not putting yourself in that position where you're still looking for those things that you're weak to. So he goes on. We're going to pick back up right here in verse 26. He says, and whosoever liveth and believe in me shall never die. And he asked her a question. Believeth thou this? And listen what she said. And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Verse 28. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. Verse 29, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly. Yes, Lord, we got to get to Jesus quickly and came unto him. Verse 30, now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Mary met him. 31, the Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily. See, I'm telling you, people are watching you. And went out, they followed her saying, she goes unto the grave to weep there. Now, people will take things in a negative way. She wasn't going to weep at the grave site for her brother. She was going to see Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes people don't understand that you're, you're, you're going hard after Jesus. They want to come rub your back, pat your back, tell you how pitiful you are. But this is not what Mary was about. Mary was seeking the one that she knew could help her, Jesus Christ the Savior. She wasn't looking for any pity. She wasn't waiting on nobody to rub on the back or get on each side and drag her on down like she just couldn't make it. She had one thing in mind at this point, going to see her Savior. And I'm telling you, don't let anybody 
pull you into or plan a pity party for you. You got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You got to know that no matter what's going on in life, if I could just make it to see Jesus, if I can just get a moment with him, if I can just have audience with Jesus, and even if I don't even say a word, just be there with him and let him breathe on me. Just let him, his power, his spirit cover me. Just let me be with you, Jesus. I don't need anybody else. I don't need to hear all that pitiful stuff now because I'm more than that. I'm what the word said that I am. I am who the word say that I am. We've got to know that Jesus is for us. He is not against us. He is standing us up. I don't care who knocked you down. I don't care why you laying flat. But as long as Jesus is the resurrection and the life, I'm living. I'm going to stand on my two feet and I'm going to live. Why? Because Jesus said that I can. He said that he would stand me up. He said that he is the life. And I'm counting on his word. I'm not counting on man's word. I don't care what people have to say when it's contrary to the word in my situation. What I care about is what the word of God has to say. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to teach people as I go. I want to say this is what the word says. And that's what we have to train ourselves to do. We have to keep fighting to live by what the word has to say about us. You know, we love people. And yes, we want to teach people. And I guess I shouldn't say I don't care. That is something I'm working on and trying to change in my vocabulary. But when you're fighting for your life, What I'm trying to keep in my mind is what the word has to say about me. And maybe I can teach somebody else to do that. Thank you, Jesus. So what she did, Mary was not going out to have a pity party. She didn't need anybody to put any streamers out, blow any balloons with woe is me on it. What Mary needed, and, and, and the Bible says she rose up hastily. And went out. And they followed her saying. She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Verse 32 goes on to say. Then when Mary was come where Jesus were and saw him. She fell down at his feet. Saying unto him. Lord if thou hast been here. My brother had not died. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. The Bible said that we have not been through anything in our lives that Jesus haven't already been through. He saw Mary hurt, hurting because of the death of her brother, and he heard it with her. 
You see, no matter what we go through, Jesus will be there with us. He doesn't mind spending time with us. He doesn't mind being there and hurting with us because he don't want us to carry that burden of hurt on our own. Verse 34, and he said, where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. One of the shortest scripture or the shortest scripture you will ever read, but it's power packed. It said Jesus wept. In other words, Jesus felt the hurt that Martha and Mary and the people were feeling. Verse 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have called that even this man should not have died? It's easy for people to pass judgment when they don't know what's going on. They do not understand that Jesus is showing them that he is the resurrection. Jesus waited away from him for two days only to allow him to die, that he could raise him up again. Verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. He have, for he have been dead four days. So even Martha now is saying, trying to tell Jesus it's too late. And we get in that habit that sometimes we're trying to tell Jesus how things should be done. See, this is why sometimes the Bible tells us, study to be quiet. Zip our little lips and let Jesus do what Jesus do best. Just be quiet. Go with what Jesus is doing. But Martha says he'd been in there so long, four days. Basically, she was saying his body is decaying. He's stinking now. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God? So Jesus said, instead of commentating, you concentrate on believing. So you can see the glory of God. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always. So you see, Jesus already had prayed about Lazarus. And he said, God, I knew that you heard me when I first prayed. And I know that you pray, you hear me always when I pray. But then he goes on to say, but because of the people which stand by, I say it. Now, I found this to be so enlightening. 
Jesus is telling God, I know you heard me and you've already done what I asked you. He said, but because all these people standing out here, I got to make sure they know that it's you doing this, God. I don't want no glory. It's you, God. It's the power of God that's doing this. And I want to point the people to you. And you see, we need to point the people to Jesus. We got to make sure that people know when they say, oh, oh, pastor, you prayed for me and God answered it. You're right. God answered it. Don't give your pastor, your prayer partners, don't give anybody the credit but the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God say anything that we ask in Jesus' name, he shall do it. So those are the two, God and Jesus, that should get the credit, not man. But Jesus wanted to make sure the people knew that God is doing this. He says, but because of the people which stand by, I say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Everything Jesus is doing is for a purpose. And we know he always do things for a purpose with a golden mind to teach us the way to do things. So, you know, sometimes we just got to be quiet and allow the Lord to do what the Lord does best. And we need to just be quiet and concentrating and concentrate on believing him. He goes on in verse 43 and verse 44. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44, and he that was dead came forth bound hands and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. So here we see in our closing, Jesus called Lazarus forth by name. I've heard it said many times, and I do believe it, that if Jesus had not called Lazarus' name, everybody dead would have came forth. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because verse 44 said, and he that was dead came forth. And it goes on to talk about how he was bound. Now, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So in other words, even though when Lazarus was dead, he was bound with grave clothes, those grave clothes symbolized the things that put him in the grave. His sickness, his human infirmities, the things that he had no power over. But Jesus said, loose him. And let him go. So here we see that our Lord and Savior Jesus, I just want you to remember this if you don't remember anything else I taught about this morning because it looks like our time is getting far from us. That Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, he's letting us know I am that power that will stand you up. 
And when I stand you up, you shall live and not die. Praise you, Jesus. All right. I want to just bring everything to a close now. And let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We lay our hearts out to you. We want you to know that we believe what you say, God, that you are the resurrection and the life. Oh, my God. And those who believe on you, they shall live and not die. And we will declare the works of the Lord. Father, we believe that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that live it shall eat the fruit of. So if we speak death, that's the fruit we shall eat. If we speak life, we shall eat of that fruit. Father, we pray and we ask you to help us be stronger in the word of God that not only we will read it, memorize it God that we would just we would just think on it meditate speak it but God we will live your word we will live the word of God that we will bring pleasure to you Lord that you could be proud of your children that you could see yourself in your children God through your word. Now, God, you help us. Not only will speak the word, but we will be doers of your word. We love you. We thank you, God. And Father, we ask you to be with us through our day. Now, Lord, I'm asking you that you will put people in our path that we can witness to, that we can tell them about the goodness of God, that we, God, can be a shining light for them and lead them to you. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray and we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, 